Welcome to episode 100 of the Ice House podcast. I'm Bryce Stewart, the community manager, and today I have Liz Wotherspoon with me, the chief executive um, of the Ice House. And I, this is a really special conversation. Obviously, 100 episodes is quite significant. We're going to unpack the impact that the Ice House has had over the last 21 years, some common themes and learnings from 100 episodes with amazing business owners and leaders, and then also looking at the future. What is the current state of play and what are our SME community looking forward to in the future um, of doing business. Uh, but this podcast started in May 2020 with the purpose to share the stories of our community, our alumni, our business owners, our leaders doing incredible things to inspire other owners and leaders and to raise the profile of their untold stories, their stories of grit and passion and just, yeah, just what they bring to their community. So let's get into it. Welcome, Liz. Thank you for being here. It's so cool to be discussing not only um, the learnings from uh, doing 100 episodes of the Ice House podcast, but also 21 years of the Ice House. Like, that is ridiculously significant. I've got my party blazer on for it, actually. I thought <laughs> I'd wear my celebratory <laughs> Laser, so that's what we've done. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, but it's a yeah, real pl- privilege to have this conversation with you today and wanted to ask you a big question to start things off and that is, what impact has the Ice House had on SMEs over the last 21 years? It is, it is kind of epic to be sitting here um, doing something for the 100th time, not me doing it for 100th time, <laughs> you, yes, me, no. Um, but to then reflect on what difference we've made. Um, and I think from the very beginning in 2001, um, you know, the f- people whose vision the Ice House was um, did it because we wanted to build an ecosystem that would nurture New Zealand SMEs. Um, and so our purpose from the start has been to help New Zealand businesses achieve the potential we n- know they have uh, but don't always realise. And... Um, and doing so to make New Zealand a better, more prosperous, um, sustainable place to live. Mm. Um, and so what impact have we had? Um, we've worked with over 4,000 um, business owners in our time. Those are established Kiwi business owners, and I'm going to talk about the Ice House um, from that lens or with that lens mm. rather than the ventures or startup side. Um, and I think... You know, there's data that we've collected over the years specific to the revenue growth of those businesses, the full-time employee numbers growth of those businesses, um, and we know, you know, how much those businesses have generated in total revenue and in export revenue um, and, and, and the number of people that are employed in those businesses, and all of the numbers are, are significant. But I think, for me, the most important impact that we've had is creating a community of people who have a relationship with us uh, and because of that we're better and they're better Mm. for it Um, you know we learn from them and they learn from us Uh, but more recently the focus goes to how do we keep that community connected to us but also how do we enable that community to be even more connected to each other and to create that peer-to-peer thing. Um, Because one of the things I think we can continue to do to to play our role in transforming the SME sector is is to get them focused on the things that are important um, to them and therefore to New Zealand as a country and an economy. 
Um, and we know how much learning can come from engaging with your peers and being prepared to be vulnerable because it's safe um, to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and, you know, in doing so, just create better businesses um, and better business owners. And through that, better communities, eh? yeah. Because of the impact that they have through their communities, are like, it's outstanding, and it's been such such a privilege to be able to. And I know we're going to talk about you know what some of the key themes were that came through the podcast over the last two years. Now we started this podcast in May twenty twenty, and you know just what's happened in those two years is so significant. Um, but the grit and the resilience and yeah. Of, of our community. It actually makes me emotional because I'm just like, they are the backbone of this economy and the community. Backbone and, and they're the unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. And we saw it from the very beginning. Um, I don't know why they're kind of sometimes mid-sized, you know, Kiwi businesses are overlooked. Mm-hmm. They're not startups and therefore they're not kind of as sexy as yeah that's it that's how I try to explain it to people I'm like they're just not as sexy but but so significant they're so significant they're Mm. not enterprise-sized businesses so they don't necessarily have the wherewithal in terms of size and scale to sway regulators and so on and so forth Mm. but they they deserve attention they've got the power and the potential um to really you know they do make you know a a significant contribution and then and they have the power and potential to do even more Mm. Um, and I just feel blessed to be part of an organization that's recognized that from from day one and 21 years later is celebrating that continued focus on, as you say, you know, and I just said what, you know, what we consider to be the unsung heroes of, of New Zealand. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> from, so a, from an economic perspective. Yeah, totally. Mm. Mm. And you've been here for, is it 16 years? Yeah, it'll be 17 years in January. Who thought? Who knew? Did you ever think you'd Never. work for a company for 16 Never. years? Never. I mean, I, I guess, I don't, does anyone? I don't know. Um, but it's such a contagious place to mm. be. Yeah, um, and, totally. you know, I think when you're someone like me who's, I guess most of my career has been driven by feeling a sense of purpose in what I do. Um, it mm. just feels, it's just felt right. And it's a really different organization than, it, than the one I joined. I mean, we're, as you would expect, yeah, we ha- cer- certainly on. haven't stood still for 16 years. So yeah. that's created enough challenge for me in the job to kind of keep going. But mm. you watch the podcasts, the 99 podcasts <laughs> that yeah. came before this, and you listen to our customers and our you know the kiwi business stories that you know come out of that and you just you have to feel a sense of pride mm-hmm. um that what we do makes a difference but that the people who experience it are just so, so awesome and so amazing um and so prepared to embrace the challenge because mm-hmm. part of our role is to provoke and to challenge not to tell them what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Mm-hmm, totally. um, and you know, that, that isn't always easy mm-hmm. for them. And yet when you listen to the things they've told you in those podcasts, you go, wow. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, Briar. I know this is coming. Yeah. 
you've been on one side of these and yep. now it's the t it's time to turn the tables mm -hmm. um, and ask you some questions. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I've put everyone else in the ring of fire for this amount of time. I'm like, okay, it is my turn. Your turn. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some questions. Awesome. Um, probably obvious one to start with, but what are the key learnings from hosting the podcast, Ice House podcast series? Mm. <sighs> I actually get emotional thinking about it because I think I say this to the guests when I jump, whether it's jumping on Zoom or, or having a conversation in person like this. I'm like, can you believe this is my job? Like, can you? Like, yeah. And they're like, not really, Brian. I'm like, I know, it's pretty amazing, right? And um, to have had two years of the privilege of sitting with a business owner or leader for 30 minutes to 45 to an hour, depending on where that conversation goes. I have sat in rooms and I've had I've had tears. I've had uh, people exit business, pass on f through family generations. Um, the stories that from these unsung heroes are so so significant, and it's such a privilege for me every day as a host to know this week I'm going to have another cool conversation with uh, someone that's out there in the community doing some pretty cool stuff. So. You know, if I can start that question with anything, it's the fact that I feel really honoured to be able to do that and have their time. Um, and I think one of the points I wrote down here is that the SME stories really do go untold. And so mm. as a host, as I started to realise that probably sort of, I don't know, let's say 30 episodes in, I'm like, hold on, there's some real magic here and, and, and the stories aren't being shared in too many other places. Um, providing a space for them to unpack what they've experienced as a business owner or a leader um, in a safe place, that's one of my biggest focuses is how can we keep this a comfortable, safe place? Like I feel way more nervous today being on this side of it than I do being on the on the question side of it. So I'm getting a little bit of an idea of what my guests feel like when they log into Zoom or, or jump into that meeting with me. How can I make them feel comfortable? How can I create a space where they can share um, what they've gone through as an individual um, and with their community. So so sharing those unsung SME stories is an amazing learning from my podcast uh, from from the podcast from hosting the podcast. I've also learned just from a host perspective and I'm I know the questions coming is more around you know advice from SMEs and what they've been saying. Um, but podcasting is an incredible uh, community building initiative and tool. And it's been really cool now chatting to, and I was telling you this morning, but chatting to alumni who are going, hold on, what if we do a podcast about some great things in it, our, our industry or, or sharing our stories? Because every business has a story or a community to share the stories of. Um, and so I feel like it's been a really cool way to engage our community, um, whether that's people we haven't been in touch with for five years or 10 years for whatever reason, um, alumni, or, you know, they're a big part or they just jumped off the program and they're buzzing and rearing to go. Um, every angle is a good one. And it's just a really cool way to, to engage people within our community. And um, being a community manager, that's a big part of, of what I do, you know. So it's it's been really cool to see that so that's more from like a host perspective, yeah. Um, but but yeah, because mm. they're a humble lot, aren't they? And so, so humble. telling their stories isn't necessarily second nature to them. Mm -mm. Um, and so you know, you as the host have to create an environment where they kind of feel okay, yeah, and and don't feel like they're bragging or you know because that's not necessary. Not all of them. Some mm. of them, you know, they all have. Um, you 
know, a level of ego, mm. but it, you know, as I say, most are quite a humble lot. So, mm. and I think it, you've given the podcasts have given them, you know, a vehicle to express some of their journey and their story, and therefore feel some pride. Mm, absolutely, mm. yeah. And then equip them with something that they can share with their community. That's not like, you know, I recorded this in, in a room by mm. myself, and here's a piece of content. But it's hey, this has got done through through an external, you know, community, the Ice House. I'd love for you to hear my story too, and they're quite proud of it. Mm. And if I can get to an end of a convo and they go, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought, thanks to that briar or whatever, that's a win. I'm like, cool, they win. feel comfortable to share their story. Exactly. And an opportunity to share it with their team because they don't often do that so the way true. they should, um, that sense of remembering where they've come from. So yeah, Totally. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what, um, you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, but what has been the most common advice from owners and leaders mm. that you've picked up? Mm. Lots, and it's so interesting because the last two years have been massive, right? They've been mm. massive two years for our business owners. So there's always been little themes that have come through, whether that's themes of challenges or, or, or whatever, but hiring well, mm-hmm. hiring well, and then trusting your team to do the job is advice that comes out all the time. And every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah, there's, there's some gold in there. And you can see the weight come off the business owner um, or leader when they realize that they've done that and the weight that's on the business owner if they realize that's a real struggle for them and they need to do it because they've heard it from this person or that person or a podcast even so yeah hiring well and then trusting teams is definitely a big one another one is focusing on building a really strong culture um not just um Friday work drinks but a strong culture Mm. you know that's put through um which takes time and is and is not easily done and um looks different in different seasons, you know. Culture looks very different, still still doable, but very different uh, when we're all stuck at home in a lockdown versus, okay, now the world's changed again and, and we're hybrid and, okay, now we've got people working in different parts of New Zealand or the world. Um, so, yeah, it looks different at different times, but crafting and working consistently on uh, that strong culture is really, really key and comes out in quite a lot of conversations. Um yeah, another one is back yourself and find a network community of people that champion you. And it's really cool when then that follows by like the Ice House or mm. <laughs> I found my one with the Ice House, mm. you know, through their mm. through their cohort or mm. or um, events or whatever it looks like for them. But those those are probably the three most common advice that business owners want to sort of express to anyone listening. Um, and I feel like whenever I ask them that question, they know they have a real responsibility to go, cool, I've got a bit of a platform here where I can tell them what I've, tell whoever's listening what I've learned. Mm. And um, yeah, that's probably the three key things that come from that. Awesome. Mm. And what about things they've talked about in terms of most common takeaways from the owner manager program or the leadership development program? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This one really shocked me when I heard it the first time. Um, as not a business owner or le- well, yet. Um, <laughs> but finances. Finances is the key, key takeaway from owner-managed program and leadership development program. Um, the, um, anyone listening that's done the leadership development program, I think it's that finance, you know, stimul- stimulator game and um, the owner-manager program, definitely a, a lot of conversation around knowing your numbers. And then obviously we've got a workshop, um, a two-day workshop around knowing your numbers specifically. But that um, really surprised me. I was like, oh, I, I didn't realise that would be something. But a lot of them have said, no, I needed to, I needed to really know 
my finances to take us from here to here, to take us to the next level. Um, so that was a really um, big takeaway. Another one's back to the culture thing. Just, um, you know, from day dot, I think Ice House is really focused on explaining um, values and helping businesses to not just have a set of values that are on the wall and you refer to every now and then, um, but values and culture like within the organisation, uh, which you'd know all about because you're the one that um, <laughs> actually <laughs> presents it on, on OMP, etc. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a big one um, that comes across in the podcast. And yeah, the, the other one I popped down in my notes is resilience and wellbeing. Yeah, resilience and well-being, and that was massive um, during you know during the last couple of years too of sort of relooking at what that looks like and making it more of a priority for business owners and leaders. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on those things, but yeah, I think it's quite validating because if you think philosophically about the ice house um, and what's driven us from the beginning, the, the, those three circles, which we now allude to mm. four circles, but three of them have been with us since the beginning. You know, the business, you and the business and you. Yeah. Um, those takeaways sit in one of those three circles. The resilience and well-being is about them, and we've always acknowledged that one of the most unique things about an owner-manager, someone with the kind of grit that the people we work with have around that passion and perseverance. This mm -hmm. is not overnight, you know, stuff. This isn't, yep. you know, um, and so they work totally. hard. They work really hard. And so resilience is an important lesson. You know, what's been the consequence of doing that on their well-being and their health and the quality of their relationships. And totally. So holding yeah. that mirror up for them um, in the process. And that's true in the leadership development program too because, you know, they're working for owners. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> finances doesn't, you know, it surprised me at the beginning and then I thought, yeah, no. Mm. I, I mean, in the program you have to be conscious that there could be people on any, on one end or the other of the continuum, you know, people who might read balance sheets for fun at this end and yeah, yeah, people yeah. when you, you know, for whom when you say the word finance they start to quiver because yeah. they just <laughs> scares living daylights out of them. But no matter what, you, Every, every leader and owner in a business needs to be able to look at the numbers and understand the story they're telling. Mm. And so pragmatically, that's what we've been trying to do. Get them, not turn them into financial controllers or CFOs or whatever, but just help them to understand the numbers and what they're telling them around the health and well-being of the business. Mm. So Yeah, and to know enough, right, so that they can have that conversation with their CFO. Um, or and not be intimidated by their accountant. Yes, yes, <laughs> you true. Know, um, be, you know, be able to, because the numbers, of course, give you a, a view of the past, but you want to use them to make decisions around what you do in the future, and that's really where they're important. So, and as you say, culture to me, well, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think f for them, I'm sure, you know, listening to the podcast, it's come through. They get, you know, a business has a culture you know, no matter what, it's just whether it's one they want or not. And so <laughs> yeah. intentionality is where we, again, try and get them to focus on, is the culture what you want it to be? And if not, why not? And what are you doing to change that? Yeah. And, and it takes constant discipline and focus. It doesn't, you don't get it right and then expect it to stay that way without having to work at it. So. Yeah, totally. Mm. And I know this will sound like a plug, but another like key takeaway um, is, is definitely community. They they leave with a cohort of great connections, great friends, people they can message or call, you know, within seconds as you've seen for 
for 16 plus years, you know, of these deep relationships that come from that cohort, that is one of, if not the biggest takeaway for these for these uh, business owners and leaders. Yeah, they've they've got a they've got a network they can lean into, um, and and they've learned from each other, you know, as much if not more than from those of us standing in the front of the room yeah. and. Do our egos get in the way of that? I don't care. As long as, you know, they're building those relationships and, and maintaining them, we've achieved something with and for them. So, I, you know, totally. I, don't, I don't want them to stand and say, you know, I learned the most from whoever that was that the Ice House brought into the room. Yeah. Um, so it's great. And the stories of like, oh, yeah, this person's on my board now and, you know, I've, I changed accountants to this person because they were on my program it's like they've left with a, a community. It's lonely at the top. Oh. You know, it is lonely at the top, whether you're a leader or an owner. It can be hard to feel like you've got someone to talk to. And their biggest takeaway is that they now have a group of 25, 30 plus people that they can talk to. Um, it's pretty significant. Yeah, because yeah. they're, they're not alone. I mean, these people have wonderful families and great, you know, great yeah, networks yeah, yeah. of friends and all the rest of it. But those aren't the people that they necessarily turn to when stuff's getting tough mm -hmm. in, in the business or tough for them at that moment in time or they're trying to make a decision and you know, and yet a cohort or the community that is the Ice House who've been on a similar journey, whether that's the leadership development program or the owner-manager program, mm -hmm. they know they can pick up the phone and ring those people um, and they realize they're not the only one that mm -hmm. may have dealt with this or felt like this or whatever. So yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah, so cool. Most common book or podcast recommendations? I mean, again, I think some of them are innately, you know, curious and therefore big readers and podcast, you know, mm. listeners. And mm. But any, any themes there? Any? Yeah. Um, just a lot of Jim Collins and Simon Sinek. <laughs> I went through a few of them and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. And and I think, you know, they've obviously had that input from being on program. Um, and also they're just two incredible, great um, business leaders, oh. you know. Um, so I, I think, yeah, a lot of that. Bre Brene Brown is, you know, another one. I know you Some, love her. I love her. Yeah, um, <laughs> she's brilliant. Um, so I think a lot of those themes coming through, um, don't know if anyone's heard of, or I've definitely listened to Diary of a CEO, um, but really great conversations with, uh, again, business leaders or CEOs around um around their, their worlds and, and the vulnerabilities in that. And I think that's a really cool message to share. So that's definitely come up. But, yeah, lots of Jim Collins, Simon Sinek, which is all good things. It is all good things. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how they remain so relevant. Um, you know, if you look at Jim Collins, you know, and, and some of his material through this last two years of, you know, the disruption of COVID, you know, mm -hmm. that great by choice mm -hmm. context content um, is e probably even more relevant than it's ever been um, because I think we've thought about resilience in the context of us as individuals, but it's taken on a new meaning when we think about what makes a resilient business. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where Jim Collins and Simon Sinek and Brené Brown, you know, all of them, you know, that we we also talk about just have a good sense of of the of what's important mm -hmm. and has been for a long time but you know what has come to the fore now so totally yeah. and mm. and within those those sort of key lines that always pop up there's um there's some real industry specific yeah. podcasts that people listen to or um i'm sure there'd be some um you know some nice 
books that they read on the beach and things too that they probably don't pop up straight when they're on the, on the, when, the when they're on the podcast. But yeah, I think people do enjoy learning, and um, whether that's a, a podcast, a, um, reading an article, or or a book, I think our community enjoy sort of taking in stories and, and learning more about others and being inspired by the, mm. those stories. You know, so it's mm. good to hear. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. Um, Any misconceptions um, that you've picked up or, you know, heard, you know, about the Ice House that have come to light in the, you know, via the podcast? Mm. The biggest one is that, how do I word this? It's the fact that they may, the Ice House or the program may not be specific to my industry or, or, understand my industry so what I hear a lot is they go um you know I wasn't too sure so I came on the program and I was a little bit like well what are these business owners going to know about the challenges I'm going through um and then within 5 10 15 minutes on that block one they realize that every industry has the same challenges pain points um can relate on such a deep level and that comes up in most conversations with um, on podcasts is that idea that oh, I was just a bit hesitant. I wasn't too sure that they'd understand what I'm going through. Um, and fair enough, you know, we're all in our worlds trying to trying to work out our biggest challenges and things. But the freedom and the excitement when they realise they're in a room of business owners that totally understand what they're going through, whether that's, you know, we see it all the time, you see it a lot more than I would, but an accountant and a plumber or, you know, just all these different industries put together that they may look at a business profile and go, hold on, how am I going to relate to this person? They walk in and they can become instant friends. Um, I've One of my favourites is, you know, a social, um, a marketing agency and um, like a panel beater. And like I've seen these two together and they're like the bestest of friends. I'm like... I know exactly who you're yeah, talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. Like completely different industries, but you guys understand the same things, have similar challenges. Um, just the uh, leading people... Um, yeah, yeah, and I think the the biggest challenges are at the moment staffing, leading mm. people, and supply chain, and so that comes up quite a lot. And I know that's not a misconception, but yeah, a lot of people go, okay, well, how are people going to understand that for me? Um, the Ice House works with every industry, and um, yeah, I feel like that's a misconception that comes up, but within seconds is kind of like debunked for mm. them when they're sitting in the room and. And, and bouncing ideas off with other leaders, you'd see it all, all the time, I'm sure. Well, it's and it's we've we've kind of used to feel like we had to defend it in the, in the early days. You know, our our industry. You know, the fact that we are industry agnostic, mm. Mm. Um, whether that was in sales, you know, sales conversations or whether it was on program. It, you know, but they're convinced pretty early on, as you say, Briar, that we actually do have that right. It yep. doesn't matter what industry you're in because the reality is the opportunities and the challenges are not that different no. um and so you know the idea that they get that and and often if they're talking to other people that have done it they can help with that misconception before they've walked in the room but usually they need to figure that out themselves and totally. so once they're in there they get it yeah i think the other one that you know has come through a little bit in the podcasts is um you know that that are they going to be 
am I going to be good enough? Mm. Oh, you yeah. know, that imposter phenomenon that yeah. is alive and well and living in mm-hmm. the heads of so many of them. Um, yeah. How am I going to stack up against my peers? Am I going to be out of my depth or are they going to be smarter, better business people than me? Totally. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and the reality is it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> Honestly, that, yeah, that's up there too and I've, I've got it under the next question which is common traits, but... Let's talk about imposter syndrome for a little bit because yeah. it comes up in 90% of the podcast, I would say, this feeling of, oh, I had a bit of imposter syndrome or whatever. And they think they're the, the I'm not saying this in a, in, a, in a mean way, but they think they're the only one that's ever said that on a podcast, that I had imposter syndrome and they're not. Like it's it's it blows my mind how many people I've, I've talked to have really um, struggled with that and um, was a big barrier for them in terms of, um, feeling like they deserve to be in the room. And that that's always blows my mind because these people are, they're doing amazing things. They're carrying communities. And, um, and yeah, and, and so when I think imposter syndrome, I'm just like, wow, really, you? Like, and um, I hear stories of people seeing the business profiles before going on, you know, stalking them on LinkedIn and things and going, oh, I don't deserve to be in a room with this person. Um, and then within like a, a block, that, you know, the bestest of friends. But uh, yeah, it's definitely um, a misconception that people think that they can't, can't be in the room, they're not worthy enough. It's just a, the human in us, right? Um, and it can, imposter syndrome can unfortunately get, to everyone um but that's been a very interesting discussion and I like sharing those stories in the podcast because the more people that can hear um a podcast with an amazing business owner or leader going yeah I had imposter syndrome or I still struggle with it every day and it's a daily decision it kind of like unlocks something in other people and gives them freedom to go oh well if Liz struggles with it then it's okay if I had that moment of you know so um not throwing you in with that, but you know what I mean, like just an example. So it's, it's um, yeah, it, it is. Another one is um, is is based in Auckland only. Um, we are a national nationwide um, organisation and more and more seeing just some incredible business owners from across all of New Zealand jump on our programmes. We've got a travelling programme that even touched down in Queenstown, so why would you not want to do that? You know, it's pretty good. Um, so that's cool. And then... Yeah, we've had that convo about, um, you know, I'm stealing this completely from you, but when we get asked how many women we have on program, our answer is not enough. Um, and it continues to be, right? But I think that's a misconception as, you know, some of the ladies I've talked to going, okay, is this for me? Um, and jumping on and going, actually, I fit in right here. I, f- I fit in here and we're seeing some amazing women jump on our programs and bouncing ideas around and... and you know, sharing their wisdom and their gold. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It's a, it's a. You know, the the diversity um, thing is a. It's a, just a big focus of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but in the environment, we you know, when when yeah, it's not an issue. Um, yeah, totally. And I would love to see more women on the programs. Um, um, but they're there when they're there. They're you know, huge contributors mm-hmm. to the to the conversation, which is why um, they bring a, just another dynamic, yeah. as does diversity of thinking, as does, you know, ethnic diversity, so it's not Absolutely. just gender. Yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah. Totally. But, yeah, I'd say that's what um, majority of the misconceptions, you know, of of the ice house and of them have come through the podcast. Mm. Cool. And what about 
go, go back to the, um, you know, the um, imposter th- syndrome thing or um, mm-hmm. common traits that come out in the business owners and the leaders that, you know, in the conversations mm-hmm. that you're having, you've had with them. Yeah, this is where, yeah, imposter syndrome was top of my list. Mm-hmm. It's just, like I said, it comes up in, in most conversations. Um, so it definitely is a common trait. But I think, like I was alluding to before, the community that then comes around that and the vulnerability that comes from a conversation of like, oh, you also had a look at everyone on LinkedIn and, you know, felt a bit scared or or what's the other line? Um, oh, I felt like I was rocking up to my first day of school or, you know, those sorts of things. Being able to just sort of sheerly free that with the, uh, yeah, um, share that with, with the people and unlock sort of the fear that comes with imposter syndrome. Um, yeah, it, it sort of has gone pretty quickly. Um, but I also think it's something that these owners are dealing with and leaders are dealing with every day in, in some cases where it's, um, you know, just having to back themselves and believe in themselves and, and have the confidence that, you know, they're leading this organisation for a reason and they've got great skills and, um, yeah, and gifts that, that they're sort of born to use. So I think I could go on for ages about that because I'm just like, I just want to you know, champion these business owners. And, and so that's, again, why it's so important to share these stories because mm. if, yeah, I've, I've said that. But another common trait, and I, I mentioned this right at the beginning, I think, but the grit and resilience. It's just like, whew, I haven't met a group of people that have had to deal with so much um, and and dealt with it so well, you know. And every person I've talked to, um, I leave just going, man, they they just carry it so lightly. And I, wouldn't, I know it wouldn't always be like that, but um, they're committed to carrying it on behalf of others too, you know, on behalf of the teams and the families that they're supporting. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely like a common trait. Um, yeah, and then the other one I've got here is that they're very community-driven. They exist to make a difference in their community and in the economy and in their yeah in their local community and their families and they're extremely community driven they exist to bring to to have impact to the people around them and to bring products and services that solve problems um yeah and, and that isn't it, it, it isn't easy um but they have the grit and and they keep going um, but yeah, also they're after really valuable and deep connections. Business owners don't have um, a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> they are busy people and that's a massive reason of why I feel so grateful that they'd spend you know, the time <laughs> to unpack their, their, um, their journey. But um, they are after really valuable and deep connections with people. And um, yeah, it's, that's just really special to be part of. So yeah, I don't know. That makes sense. Uh, it does. It does make sense. And the community thing, I think, is worth kind of going back to and mm. mentioned the three circles before. And of course, as you know, we've added that fourth one. You know, you and the community, and we did it not because we were kind of telling them they had to or preaching they should do. Yeah. You know, um, you know, be active in their communities or do more because it was just to recognise that they do. Yeah, totally. Um, and it it manifests itself in all sorts of different ways. Some of it's sponsorships some of it's you know just participating um you know in different ways in their communities but you know with the schools and yeah it 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 plays out in so many different ways but it just seems to come naturally to them um and they do it because they 
want to and and it's right and they know they can make a difference yeah. and, and it goes so we just want to recognize it totally and it goes back to that humble thing they are humble um yeah that they, they just they don't want heaps and heaps of recognition for it well it's no just, in fact they usually don't want any yeah yeah flying mm. under the radar mm. in a major way mm. um but that's been a massive learning for me, um, but also a very common trait is that um, the heart of these business owners is to have impact in their community. Um, and like you said, whether that looks like actual don- donations or sponsorship or, or just providing these brilliant services and products that are solving really big problems in their community, that's where it all comes from. And so, yeah, humble bunch. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty cool to be to be part of it. So... Thanks to anyone listening for um, for listening to my learnings, but also um, if you have been on the podcast, um, thank you so, so much for your time. Um, it's not something that I take or hold lightly, so I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to, to um, tell your story specifically. And if you'd like to be on the podcast, um, email me. <laughs> I'll put it somewhere in the caption. But yeah, do do email me because I, I I'm I want to share every of our alumni stories. Anyone that's interested and keen to be on the podcast, I'd love to share it. So if you're thinking right now, okay, that's me, then yeah, get in touch. And I can't wait to 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 sort of raise a profile of you and your business. It's it's cool. It's exciting Good stuff. <laughs> cool. Now I'll happily switch around again. <laughs> now I understand me. why the guests are like, mm-hmm. can I prep? Can I prep answers? I'm like, yes, you can prep. Um, but I'll go back to where, um, where I'm comfortable. Um, no, it's cool. We had um, a really great opportunity to send a survey, um, and you may want to speak to the smallers, mm. but send a survey to uh, our community, our alumni, around to get a really good idea of the state of play for SMEs right now and the thinking. And and I know there's more, um, we'll be releasing that um, in more depth in the data um, at a later date, but thought this could be a really cool opportunity, 21 years, looking ahead at the future, to get um, just an overview of what that state of play looks like. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. sure. And I'll just, mm. I will maybe provide some context and this will yeah. come out, um, you know, when we do release some of what we learned from it. But you know, the Ice House has been a voice for small to medium-sized enterprises for a while. And so um, what I realised, though, is that I hadn't really gone out um, in the last couple of years to try and get a pulse of where things are at mm-hmm. uh, and how businesses are feeling and what they're experiencing. And in order for me to represent that voice in the way that I'm planning to, as a result of having this information, I needed to to get a sense of what's going on. So that's yeah. why we did it. Yeah, awesome. um, and the response was incredible. It was amazing. Um, incredible. Yeah. Uh, not just the number of people that completed the survey, but the sentiment expressed by those about how grateful they are that we have asked yeah. and that they're not, many of them wouldn't take the time normally to do it. But because of the intent mm-hmm. and the reason for us asking, we got an inc- you know just a wonderful level of response. Yeah. And it was really yeah, yeah, so. it was real special, awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought, like I said, let's touch base on some of those questions that mm. were asked and, and the overall themes. Hardest aspects of SME business in the last twelve months. Yeah, and mm. this will not surprise most listeners, particularly owners who mm. might be tuning into this, but. Um, Topping the list of, you know, in terms of what has been the hardest aspects um, of for business for them in the last 12 months um, is cost increases mm-hmm. from suppliers. 
Um, again, yeah. doesn't matter what industry, uh, you know, that's been significant. Um, recruitment. So getting enough of the right people in the business, uh, you know, has certainly been hard. Um, as you mentioned before, supply chain and the impact that that's had, supply chain and logistics. Again, that goes back to cost increases because look at the cost of freight and look at the cost of certain um, things that these businesses need in order to do what they do. Um, so those those are the, th the top three and, you know, a, a significant percentage of the businesses that responded listed one, two, or all three of those as the top of their list. Yeah, mm. wow. yeah paint a picture eh, of, mm. of the priorities as mm. well for these business mm. owners going into the mm. next 12 months for sure. Mm. Um, SME's state of mind when thinking about the next 12 months and the New Zealand economy. It's a big one. Yeah, so this surprised me and didn't surprise me. I, I think... 74% of the people that responded to the Pulse survey feel nervous mm -hmm. about the next 12 months. Um, you know, these are business owners who, as we were talking about before, have, you know, run their businesses, you know, had their businesses, led their businesses through, you know, global financial crises, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, through all sorts of other, you know, challenging economic, um, you know, situations. And yet there's a that percentage of people feeling nervous about the next 12 months to me is really significant. And I think nervous comes from, and I'm dig into the open-ended, because it's, you know, how are you feeling was the question, and then additional comments. When, I can f when we finish digging into the answers, we can report this with more certainty. But I think that the level of nervousness has to do with the uncertainty um, about what what's going to be different um, as a result of this disruption than the kinds of disruptions we've experienced before. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That so was a significant yeah. one, 74%. Mm. It's like, okay, that's something, yeah. yeah. And 42%, which again is, you know, less than half, but 42% think that the next 12 months in business are going to be worse than the 12 months prior. Oh. Mm. And, and remember, Briar, you know this, but if we look at our customers, some of them really were slammed by COVID. Yeah. I mean, if you were in the hospitality or tourism game, and we have business owners and businesses in that, in that, you know, in those industries and in, in that game, you know, this was significant in terms of the financial impact um, on the business. But we also have businesses up the other end who, you know, have had significant revenue increases Absolutely. and. Yeah where the opportunities are just almost more than they can handle. Mm. Mm. And so both created challenges. Totally. And so you need to look at those two responses about how nervous they feel and the fact that they think it's going to get worse, knowing that the respondents were at both ends of this. Yeah, and mm. could be coming from completely different lenses where my challenges are mm. now staffing because I've mm. got so much going on because we've grown so much or, or whatever. Mm. So, yeah, that's mm. a really good point. Mm. Um, yeah, positives and negatives, yeah. Mm. Mm. For sure. Um, biggest fears, concerns, and frustrations with yeah, you at the moment. So, so this, this list is a little bit longer than the list around hardest um, aspects of the business. Mm. I mean, cost increases stay right at the top. Yeah. Um, and um, but coming in kind of a close second is government decisions. Mm. Um, yep. 
you know, again, that's just a, you know, the reality of them not knowing what, you know, those decisions might be and what the impact, you know, that that might have. Totally. The economy going into a recession is certainly um, a fear or concern. Um, recruiting new staff, but also keeping the existing ones, mm -hmm. because as talent gets scarcer, probably even more scarce than capital at the minute, <laughs> um, as talent gets scarcer, um, you know, your ability to hang on to the ones you've got be so that somebody isn't trying to poach them, mm -hmm. maybe pay them more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those are cost increases too on businesses. The, you know, it's not just from suppliers. Cost increases are the fact that they have to look at paying people more yeah, totally. in order to keep them or get them. Yeah. Um, customers being more careful um, about money and about spending, um, that's a worry. Mm -hmm. And again, the supply chain just stays up there um, for many, if not all of them. Mm, yeah, it's a really detailed list. And I think anyone listing it, yeah, would be able to relate to a few of those. And so maybe comforting in ways to know that, you know, you're not the only one to be thinking that, um, but definitely gives direction around where, yeah, the priorities for um, owners, leaders, and, and those that have the ability to make make change and difference and um, communicate that, yeah, definitely lies, which is cool to hear. Yeah, this is a really interesting one. Um, the culture of teams, are they currently better or worse than they were before COVID? Phenomenal, because you'd think mm. that people, I mean, there is fatigue. People are yep. tired. Not mm. only has it been a tough, you know, two plus years, but it's also, you know, many of these businesses are working in situations where they're under-resourced. Mm -hmm. uh, and so people are having to work harder. Um, remote working has created challenges. You would think that the impact on culture would be, you know, sorry, the answer to the question around culture would be that the culture is worse than it was. Yeah. But it's yeah. not. No, opposite. It's opposite. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of businesses in response to this question, said that their culture is stronger or better than it was before. And I'm sure that has to do with how hard the owners and leaders in these businesses have worked to ensure that's the case or to try and you know make that be true. But some of it's going to come from feeling like we just all had to just lean in together and, you know, work together and we saw, you know, there be there to support each other, and the business was there to support. You know, I, I again, I, I've got to kind of dig into the answers to why that might be the case. But really heartening to mm -hmm. see that for the majority, not all, but the majority of them, their cultures are stronger mm. than pre-COVID. Yeah, and I think that leans into what we were discussing before about how deeply these owners and leaders care about oh. their communities, about their people. Um, being one of their key communities, right? So it's quite cool to see now that they are thinking, you know, better cultures than before COVID. And do you know what else I think? When we had to be away from work, you know, when we were in lockdowns, but still for those businesses that weren't essential, yeah. um, but were still working, not, uh, um, you s you got a window into people's lives that you might not otherwise have gotten. Totally. Because what happens when you're, doing a Zoom with your colleagues or you're, you know, are meeting with someone and their kids are running in and out of the room or their yeah. dog is leaping up on the table or they're, you know, you just get a sense of uh, more about who someone is. And so people know each other mm. better or differently. Totally. And I guess maybe that's had a positive impact on, you know. Yeah. On 
And I think vulnerability came through that because then it's like, you know, like let's not underplay this. Auckland where it was in a lockdown for a hundred something days, you know, through that there are emotional highs and lows with any individual and times where you say, okay, this is hard. Anyone else finding this really hard to be stuck in a tiny apartment or, you know, maybe with, you know, three kids and a dog or, you know, like is anyone else struggling here? So I think uh, just the natural vulnerabilities and deepening in relationships. And empathy. And empathy. That's it. Empathy. Yeah. 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 From both ends as well because I think owners, leaders, yes, but then employees that are like, oh, wow, my manager is having to make massive decisions here or my, you know, my my owner is is needing to make really big calls and, and, and fund us. And, and I think it gave empathy on both sides Ooh. of the business to understand, okay, I don't just rock up here and do nine to five and leave, but how can I keep bringing value to this business so it survives this? I think it, it banned a lot of people together. Cool. And I think there were a lot of messages, you know, um, if, if if owners and leaders, whether they were our podcasts or webinars during the time or they were just tuning into others, the, totally. the, um, the messages around communication and how important it was that there was no chance that you could over-communicate, whether that be to customers or suppliers or your people, um, you needed to kind of keep those lines of communication wide open. Even, and, and, and that's not communicating that you knew what was coming or you had certainty or clarity around what might come be around the corner. Mm-hmm. Even communicating that you didn't know yeah. was a good thing. Um, yeah. So I, I just think all of those things combined, obviously as a result of at least the folks that answered the survey, mm-hmm. suggest that they're better for it yeah. from a culture perspective. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, just being real. You know, mm. we all heard... Um, the government announcement at the same time, mm. you know, and mm. so and so, what did that then activate in different people, different things? But um, yeah, I think that realness and there was so much uncertainty that it was like, okay, well, um, you know, if I can get rid of some uncertainty by over communicating, then that's the best thing to do. And I think we saw that in a lot of business owners and leaders and how they built their communities and their staff teams, which we're seeing now in the numbers. And I think the other thing before we move off the mm. survey and, and you know start to think about wrapping up is it didn't it, again it doesn't surprise me but it's heartening. So again, we're, we've asked in the survey for some thoughts around what they think could be different um, or change. There could be a lot of angry owners, mm. um, you know, given the impact that this has had. Um, you know, whether as I say, whether that's because they had so much opportunity, <laughs> you know, that that's creating challenges because they can't resource, you totally. know, or whether it's they've been slammed. But again, uh, you know, our customers are, you know, you talk about traits or characteristics. They're generally a pretty cautiously optimistic bunch. Um, and th- therefore, the tone in the open-ended questions in the survey is really constructive and really um, thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It's It's not... I mean, yeah, a little bit of frustration and anger creeps in every once in a while to some of the, in, in totally. some of the answers. We're but all human. <laughs> we're human. Um, but you know, they are genuinely interested in changes that will help. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Totally. So. Yeah. That's no, great. That's great stuff. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you want to touch on what SMEs need as valuable support? Yeah, I mean, again, I think that hasn't changed. Mm. Um, you know, 
and, and therefore it makes it easier for us to keep doing what comes naturally to us, which is supporting owners of, and leaders of small to medium-sized enterprises. Um, you know, celebrating a milestone like a 21st, um, you know, there's when you hit it, there's a great temptation to kind of um, make a list of all the great things that as an, as an organization we've accomplished um, and to map out the distance that we've come and the, celebrate the successes that have brought us so far. But the reality is, um, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that impulse. I mean, I think we have, we've earned the right to kind of do that. But, yeah, totally. you know, it's good to, you know, celebrate something um, that's as kind of as remarkable as two decades of, of contra co contribution to an impact on the well-being of, um, you know, the New Zealand business community. Mm -hmm. But I think um, we take a risk in looking backward of becoming kind of introspective, and um, and it's never been in our DNA to you know to exist for our own sake. So when I think about what our business, the businesses that we work with and for need, it it continues to be about four core things: to learn, to apply that learning, to be held accountable to that learning, and uh, to to be held accountable to the application of that learning, and to connect. Yeah. And so that's the support we will continue to provide, whether that's one-to-many in, in the way of programs, whether it's one-to-one, -one, whether it's a network and a community where we know people that they might that might be useful to them. Um, that'll get at the core for us. That'll stay at the core for us. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess for us, the target isn't 21 or 31 or 41 years. It's it's it's. Um, I guess our aim is never to be satisfied. Um, to always be learning, growing, and developing ourselves so that we can inspire and encourage the owners that work with us to do the same, mm -hmm. to learn, to grow, to develop, um, mm -hmm. and to ensure that we keep innovating so that we're future fit, so that they can be the same. And, um, and I think um, what I just hope for, um, and I think the podcasts have been, uh, you know, a great you know, part of our ability to do this is um, that, you know, we'll continue to be a place of spirited connection and conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so cool. And I think when I think about it, <clears throat> 21 years, you know, that's so significant. And we're going to do a celebration this week, which I'm looking forward to, or when you're listening to this, it would have happened. Yeah, <laughs> a party, a bit of a party, which would be cool. Um, but for 21 years, the Ice House have been like a pillar within the SME community and that that 21 years has seen financial crisis, it's seen economic downturn, it's, it's seen boom times and bust times and they were s still there and that's what is cool to be part of as, as, um, as you know, working for the Ice House but cool for the community to know too, you know, that with um, any nervousness or fear around the next 12 months, you know, the Ice House has, has seen it and and um, supported SMEs through it. And at the heart and core, that's what we're here to do, which is pretty um, cool to be part of. And I'm excited for um, the the next 21 years. It's going to be good. Well, and I think we, you know, we, we've done a bit of eating our own dog food too over the last couple of years. I mean, you know, as an organisation that's fundamentally about bringing people together, mm -hmm. I mean, we had our own challenges. Uh, and yet it didn't rock us around... Um, what was core to our reason for being, which is supporting owner managers. Mm -hmm. So what did we do? We went online with webinars and mm -hmm. we figured out how we could do it. Um, but we'll return and we will continue to do things that are virtual and online uh, because it gives more people access to yeah. us. Um, 
But so much of the magic of what we've been able to achieve in 21 years is because we bring people together. And so it just feels great to be able to know that we can, that we are now and we can continue to um, do what we love to do um, with who we we love to do it with and with who we love to do it for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a nice way to to finish up and uh, yeah just such a privilege to, to sit here and have a conversation about um, sort of like the, like the past and, and, and the present and also the future so thanks Liz for being on the podcast the 100th episode done and dusted how cool is that before we totally wrap I need to say thank you to you <laughs> um, two years ago um, when we started this it was because we had you and you said this is a good idea and mm-hmm. let's get going on it and you know a hundred podcasts under your belt. Mm. Well, well done. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Mm.